This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. Thank you very much for joining me again on another Healing for the Nations uh, program. Uh, first of all, I want to thank those of you who've uh, called or written to express that the program is helping you and, and teaching you God's Word and hence helping to strengthen your faith in God's Word and helping you in your walk with God. And that's our purpose, that you will grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and be established in your walk with Him and grow in your personal relationship and know how to pray, for example, and, and live in a way that pleases Him. Now, um, what I'm going to be speaking about uh, today is righteousness or right standing. Um, but um, recently I was, I went to the United States and of course in going to the United States uh, you come to the Canadian border or the U.S. border and you meet uh, U.S. Customs. And in going to U.S. Customs as well as coming across the border, coming into Canadian Customs, they meet you, these government officials, and if um, in meeting them I had no fear, I I've not done anything wrong, I'm innocent, I'm, I've got nothing to be afraid of, and so I didn't mind showing them my passport, give them a little, you know, smile. Well, normally you try to have a somber look to, so that they know that you're pretty serious about what you're doing. But there was no guilt, there was no fear um, in my mind, and so there was there's no fear in coming to the border. Now, that would be different if I had something to hide, if I had done something, some infraction, if I'd broken some law in this Dominion of Canada or in the United States, and I'd be afraid, I'd be concerned that if they saw me, they'd want to arrest me and, and do so, or whatever. But there was no, no, no such thing. And so um, let me say this. One of the things that will determine the effectiveness of your prayers is your understanding of righteousness. Uh, unrighteousness means your right standing. In the example I just gave, because I feel that I'm in right standing with the Canadian government, then I have no fear. I have no fear of arm. I have no fear of punishment. I have no fear of judgment. Um, and so it's a similar thing when it comes to being aware of your righteousness with God. For example, you know, why is it now, this, just um, think about this question, why is it that there are many well-meaning Christians that feel that they must always ask other people to pray for them or ask the pastor to pray for them uh, as if that person was their mediator. Um, why is it that believers have oftentimes very little confidence to go to God themselves when we're told, he says over and over, to come boldly to the throne of grace? Well the answer to that is this, is because there's a little, there's a lack of understanding of our right standing with God. And we need to look into that because if you're weak in your understanding of righteousness, then you'll be weak in your prayers. You'll be weak in the exercise of your authority. You'll be weak in resisting things that Satan will try to bring into your life because you really don't know who you are. And so we're going to really get into that um, today. Now in John chapter 16 verse 23, I'm going to read that. 
Because like I said, it's amazing how God over and over again, he invites us, he welcomes us to talk to him, to ask him for things, to fellowship with him. And why would he do that if he wasn't a welcoming, inviting father? And so in uh, John chapter 16, verse 23, it says this, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So again, he wants us to ask. God wants us to ask. Why? Because in asking, we get our prayers answered and our joy is full. Kind of no different than my children coming to me and asking me for things. It's my desire that they're happy. It's my desire that they have their heart's desire, those good desires they have. Oh, well, that's why I'm their father, is to help them, is to, is to provide for them. Well, it's a similar thing with our Heavenly Father. And I've said this to you before, one of the things that hurts the cause of Christ is because we've relegated um, the life of Christ and Christianity in many places has become Christianism or a religion. Said it before and I'm going to say it again. Jesus never died, never shed his blood to institute a religion. Um, that's man's invention. He came to establish a kingdom. That's why he said the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. He came to give us a consciousness and awareness that we can have fellowship with God as our Father and learn how to live and cooperate as kingdom citizens. In some cases, it's no different than me being a citizen, you being a citizen of the dominion of Canada or the government that you're a part of, the country you're a part of, and I have certain rights and privileges. Well, when someone receives Jesus as the Lord of their life, you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's got to become much more real to us than it's ever come before. And realizing God is not some way off distant personality, way off in, in, the, in the far beyond that doesn't care about us. He's a personal God, a personal father who invites us to talk to him, who invites us to, to um, ask him for things according to his word. Another one, look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Now, you know, don't get tired of looking at God's Word because God's Word is what gives us the truth about His character, His personality, His mercy, His compassion, His well-being, His willingness to be entreated. So God's Word is His will. Now look at this in, in um, Matthew 7 verse 7. says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives. And he that finds knocks and he that seeks finds, excuse me, and to him that knocks, it shall be opened. I mean, that's wonderful. Now think about this. Why would Jesus, this is a red letter edition, why would Jesus speak these words if it wasn't true? If it wasn't God saying through Jesus, listen, I want to be entreated. I want you to ask me for things. But you'll never ask if you're not aware of your righteousness. You'll never ask if you're not aware and very conscious that, you know what, I am a child of God. That's what the new birth is about, is bringing people back in relationship with God where there's no fear. My children have no fear of coming to me. They have no faith. In fact, I want them to come to me. I want them to ask me for things. Why? Because I'm their father. And I look at this scripture, same verse 9 of Matthew 7, this is astounding, it says, What man is there of you, whom if his son ask you for bread, will he give him a stone? That just brings it right down to the way we live. If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Now, so, so showing it, now he says, now, you now, bringing it down into the example of a man, and a normal person, if God, if man is evil, 
in comparison to God, that is, know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, your Father which is in heaven, give good gifts to them that ask him? I mean, I mean this, is what, this is God's will. It says, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to you if you ask him. God wants you to ask him for things today because he's a, he's a loving father. He's made provision to come for you to come to him because of the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ. You now come in right standing with your father. So again, let me read verse nine again. So what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask. See, now think about this. Can, can you see how oftentimes we put God almost as if he's some mean ogre up there who doesn't care, is not sensitive to his, heaven, to his children. And, and he says, now if you, being a parent, you should, if you're a parent, you can relate to this greatly. You would do anything for your children. You'd give them anything that's for their benefit and help. You've made sacrifices for your children. And God's saying this, in comparison to me, you're evil. <laughs> your, your, your propensity for good is nowhere near God's. And he's saying, if I'm, I'm, I'm so big, I'm so magnanimous, I'm so full of generosity and mercy and goodness, I want your very best. If your natural father, if your natural parent or mother would do this for you, how much more will your father do whatever it takes to bring good things into your lives? So in some cases, we need to renew our minds about how we think about God. He's a good God. Now watch this other one. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, after he talks about faith and, and believing and speaking, Jesus says this, Mark chapter 11, 24, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall ask them. So again, I'm just adding that to another scripture where we have the invitation. We have the welcome that God is expecting us to come to him and ask him for things, to ask him for things that will help and benefit our lives. Of course, that presupposes that there are promises that is given to us. There's things he said belongs to the believer in Christ Jesus. And of course, if we don't know, then we're going to miss out on those things. We can experience a life that is far less than, it, than God intended for us to, to experience because we didn't know his provision. We didn't know what he has for us. In fact, the Bible says in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, that the promises of God in him or in Christ are yes and amen. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in him with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the believer in Christ, that's the way God sees us, and we've been called to be blessed by our God. There's nothing we desire that's outside of the provision of God. It's all within his ability to give to us if and but he wants us to ask. Now, get into this area of asking. I'm going to look at another one. Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 6, excuse me, says this. Our Father, because they came to Jesus, they knew that a life, that Jesus was always talking to the Father, because he knew his Father. He depended on God for everything in his life. And they asked him an interesting question. They said, um, Jesus, or Master, teach us how to pray. So obviously they knew that he prayed and he got his prayers answered. And Jesus says this, he says, after this manner pray, our Father which art in heaven. 
And notice, notice the entreaty, our Father. That's a term of endearment. That's not approaching an enemy. That's not approaching someone who you think is going to hurt you or going to destroy your life. No, you're approaching a father who loves you, who cares for you, and who wants to do good things for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to give you good counsel. Who wants to fellowship with you and talk to you. Well, that's the father you have. And so it says, come to him. Say, talk, address him as your father. Now, keep in mind, you don't see this kind of language in the Old Testament. You don't see the Old Testament saints or believers being, in, being encouraged to talk to God as Father. No, in the New Testament, we have a, a relationship they never had. We can approach God as Father. Again, a term of endearment. A term we give to one who is in close fellowship with us. Someone we know personally. Someone we know who has our best interests at heart. Someone who knows they'll do anything for us. Why? Because they love us. Because he's Father. I just love that. And so he says, our Father. So again, that's the way you, God wants you to, um, to seek him and, and look to him and depend upon him. Now think about this. See, healthy children, I'm talking healthy children who are well-adjusted, they come boldly to their parents. They come boldly to ask for things. I think of my children, they come pretty boldly. You know, they don't know what I can and cannot do in many cases, but they still, they think, they look at me in some cases as their provider, and rightly so, up to a certain age. Why? Why? Because they know I love them. They know I care for them. They know that I'll do anything to provide for them. Now think again, let me say it again, how much more God wants to be our source. He wants to be our Father. Oh, you need to take him up on what he said and ask him for things based on his word. Now, I'm getting to this. I talked about understanding righteousness. So righteousness means right standing. We're going to look at some scriptures to really to, to support this, but it means right standing. If someone is right, and I talked about going to the border, if a police officer stops you and there's nothing again, you've not done anything wrong, don't have to be afraid. Why? Because I'm just, I'm innocent. I've not done anything against the laws of this land. And so I'm in right standing with the government. Well, the thing is this, because of what Jesus did for you and I, we are, and because he shed his blood, he died for us. He took our guilt. He took our, 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 our punishment, if you will. He bore our sins, the scripture says, on the cross. So he died that cruel punishment for us. Now, because he did that, now we become righteous or we're in right standing with God. If someone's righteous, it means they're just, they're innocent, they're pure, they're free from guilt. They're not guilty. I mean, that, that's powerful. That's the, so we could say that's the essence of the gospel. Now, when someone has that kind of, uh, when someone is innocent, they have confidence. They have boldness. And, and that's why Jesus came to die, is to give us that access where we can have confidence before our Heavenly Father. Now, let me look at another scripture. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, again, look at a number of scriptures because some of this might be new to you. Some of this might be, you've heard this before, so it's watering what you know, because I don't believe we can hear enough about our righteousness and our right standing with God. But in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. I love that, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, that word grace is a powerful word because it means the place of God's compassion, his favor, his goodness, his benevolence. That's the, that's the God we serve. And he says, now, I want you to come boldly to the throne of grace. So now we could say grace is what comes out of God's mercy. All, every goodness, every benefit, every well-being Every blessing comes out of the mercy of God. And he says, I want you to come boldly to the throne of grace, 
to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Are you in a time of need today? Whatever it is, you, got, you can come to God's mercy. You can come to his throne. You can come boldly for him. Again, here's the invitation. Welcoming you to come to a God full of mercy, all because of what Jesus did for you. I just love this, folks. I'm telling you. So again, righteousness means there's a, a, a right standing we have with God, a boldness we can have with God. In fact, it says in James chapter 5, I believe verse 15, says, it says, um, Abraham, Elijah was a man of like passion. And it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now think about that. A righteous man. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. A man who is in right standing. Did you know if you're in Christ Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. If you've received Jesus as the Lord of your life, when you said, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, regardless of what your past was, he now sees you as righteous. So you need to be schooled. You need to really be, be informed about your right standing with God because that's the basis of your prayer life. That's the strength of your prayer life. If you're weak in righteousness, then Satan can always beat you over the head, so to speak, metaphorically, with condemnation, with guilt over your past because you don't know that because of what Jesus did, all of your past has been washed away. In fact, it says it in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, that he has blotted them out. In England, they used to have blackboard probably dating me a little bit, they had, and they had blotters where they, could, they would wipe out. You, no matter what was written there, you just blot it out. Well, see, when you blot something out, it doesn't exist anymore. So in God's eyes, your sins don't exist, so Satan can't bring up what you did in the past. Why? Because it's been blotted out. So Satan takes advantage of your ignorance. If you don't realize, if you don't know, and if you don't believe that he's blotted it out, God's blotted it out, in other words, wiped out your sins, wiped out your sinful record because of what Jesus did, then you'll live in condemnation. You'll live in guilt. You'll live in all of that stuff of the past instead of walking in newness of life. So I'm telling you, you are the righteousness of God. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 said all of that to get to this. This is what I want to get to. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says this, that he made him, talking about God made Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now we're breaking this down because this is new, you know, old English language, you know, King James language, if you will. But again, looking at the word righteousness, because of what Jesus did, God made him sin. When he put him on the cross, he identified with our sin nature. We could say God put the sin that was in us, that was our nature, put it on Jesus. He became sin. And because of what he did, God declares us righteous. When he said, now you are righteous in Christ, so you are righteous. He says you're innocent. You are just. You are pure. You are not guilty. Now, if that is true, then it means you're free from the curse and you're open to receive the blessing, the goodness, the mercy, the grace, the benevolence, the compassion, the kindness, the goodwill of a heavenly father who loves you abundantly, who loves you supremely, who cares about your every well-being, every part of your life, who cares about you more than you care about yourself. I mean, that's the love and compassion. That's why he went to such extenuating circumstances, such a great lens to help you so that he could bring his mercy into our lives. So again, now we are the righteousness of God. So you became, in G again, when you received Jesus, so you received, a provision was made even before you were born. Now think about that. All you did receive it. 
Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I confess you as Lord. When that statement was made from your heart in faith in, in what God did, he says, you are now my righteous child. You are now innocent. You are now just. You are now pure. You are now free from guilt. Now, that's how now, why you can come boldly to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because of what he did. So now, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13, it says this, All of your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. Next verse in verse 14 says, in righteousness shall you be established. That's an interesting phrase, and I said it was to say this. See, we need to be established in righteousness. We need to be righteousness conscious. We need to be aware. In the past, you might have been sin conscious. So when you're sin conscious, you're always aware of your sinfulness. You're always aware of what you did that was wrong. Well, see, in Christ, you need to become much more aware of your righteousness. You need to become aware of your innocence, of your freedom from guilt. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a new life. See, that's the new life you have in Christ Jesus. He wants you and I to be conscious, to be strong in that righteousness consciousness. See, I don't want my children, you know, as, as they do right, I don't want them to be squirming around and asking for me, asking me for things, you know, on their knees, on their belly, looking, looking like an animal. No, I want them to come boldly. I want them to come with a smile on their face. I want them to come knowing that their father loves them supremely. See, that's the kind of, well, when you have righteousness, it's not arrogance, it's not pride, but when you come to your heavenly Father, see, you're not coming in a begging mode, you're not coming in an unworthy mentality. No, you're coming with a joy because you know your Father loves you. Why do you know? Because you know the price he went, you know the price Jesus paid so that you could be righteous. So think about this, if we believe in light of what Jesus did, how dare we sing any, any song that demeans that righteousness consciousness? How dare we sing songs such as, such a worm as I, or I'm no good, or I'm only a sinner? You see, all of that flies in the face of what Jesus did for us. See, why now? Because we are in Christ and we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now think about this. We might be well-meaning. Many songs are well-intentioned and sung from a right heart, but the language is wrong. It's contrary to the written word of God, where God says, now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, in first, just a couple more, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, you can write that down and look at it. It says this, that we are made, we're in Christ, made of God, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So look at that. I mean, I just love that. It says, but of him, we're in Christ Jesus, who of God made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And so you are the righteousness of God today. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, I believe, it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So right now, regardless of you might need healing today, you might be need, have a need met, a financial need, you can come to your Father in the name of Jesus and ask him and you will receive. Why? You are the righteousness of God. The goodness of God belongs to you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he has pledged himself to be your righteousness, to take care for you, and to bless you because you are his righteous child. 
A peaceful mind is part of God's plan for your life. Keys to a Peaceful Mind with Pastor Carl Lewis will teach you how to overcome worry and develop a mind that is full of the goodness of God. Titles include A Peaceful Mind, Worry is Negative Meditation, A Worried Heart is a Troubled Life, and Think on the Goodness of the Lord. For a gift of any size, please call or write to request your copy of this four-part CD set, Keys to a Peaceful Mind. We're told in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that means you and I, would believe on Him, we should not perish, but we should have everlasting life. You may say, why do I need to believe on Him? You know, why do I need to call on Him? Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned, man, woman, boy, girl, we've all sinned, and we've missed the mark of following God and serving God. Because of the nature of disobedience. So because of that, God sent Jesus. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. He shed his precious blood. And that's why God gives us this precious invitation to come back to him by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You may be saying today, I've never done that. I don't know Jesus Christ. Well, I want to let you know, it is a simple process of simply confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. And if you'd like to do that today, if you'd like to say, Jesus, come in and change my life, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. God in heaven, I come to you. I realize that I've missed a mark, I've sinned against you, I violated your commands. But I also know that you gave Jesus Christ, your precious Son, to die for my sins. And right now, I open up my heart, I confess my sins, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. If you pray that prayer today and you believe that, we rejoice with you. And we want to get you some information, put some booklets in your hands that will now help you in your walk with God. So please write or call us. Let us know. We want to hear of your, your salvation and accepting Christ. Also want to encourage you to now find a Bible-believing church where you, you can attend regularly, where you'll be fed and taught the Word of God. If you're in the area of Foundation for Life Family Church, we welcome you to come and fellowship with us and be taught God's Word. And again, welcome to the family of God. We rejoice with you. Amen. If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word, as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you. Our product offer this month is a CD message entitled, The Believer's Authority. You'll find his teaching resource, both informative and empowering, help you to understand your God-given authority and your personal responsibility in cooperating with his authority call. For a gift of any size, please call 416-614-1220. Email tv at foundationforlife.ca or write to request your copy of The Believer's Authority. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, 
we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.